Hey everyone, welcome back to the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire over on USA Today. And we are bringing you guys another episode of Behind Enemy Lines here. And of course, we are going to be profiling the Los Angeles Chargers as the Jaguars will make a trip out to the West Coast here this weekend. And Jay, we got into it and we got to meet Believe in the Chargers host Izzy LaRue. Uh, awesome guy. We, we learned that he goes to the University of Oregon, which is pretty cool. So he gave us a lot of really great insight on the Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. Yeah, man. And that um, made for what the seventh person that we've gotten on for behind enemy lines. So somehow, some way we are sticking to the schedule and the script. Don't ask me how, because that's not what we do here at Believe in the Jaguars. But win streak, and we're not used to win streaks around here. So. Right, right. So uh, we're giving the people what they want, and Izzy did indeed give us some great insight. And uh, we'll also be joining them as well tomorrow on the uh, Believe in the Charge podcast uh, by the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, we'll get to talk to Izzy as well as Chargers legend uh, Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, very much looking forward to joining them over there on their show. Uh, now, we're going to get into the interview here in just a moment. Before we do, just want to take care of the housekeeping and remind you guys, if you are enjoying the show, please head on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe and rate five stars, please. Thank you so much to all of you that have done that thus far. We really, really appreciate it. Of course, along with Apple Podcasts, we're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and TuneIn. You can, of course, find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Dawn. And as always, a special shout out to BetOnline.ag for sponsoring the show. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. But with that being said, you guys, let's get into the interview with Izzy LaRue from Believe in the Chargers. All right, folks, time to go behind enemy lines with the Los Angeles Chargers. And in order to do so, we brought in a very special guest. We have Izzy LaRue from the Believe in the Chargers podcast joining us here this week. Super excited to have you here, Izzy. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? And are you excited for this weekend's game? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's weird being on an, uh, another person's show, but hey, I'm here for the Jags. Happy to talk about Jags Chargers. Very excited. Yeah, absolutely. This, Jay and I, this is like one of our favorite things to do is doing these crossover shows. And, you know, of course, shout out to Believe for allowing us to connect with, you know, all these awesome hosts and all that kind of stuff. We're coming on your show tomorrow. So we are excited to to do all that. But let's get right into it here. And, you know, before we started, we were getting to know you a little bit. And you you were talking about how um, you're, of course, a huge Oregon fan since you are uh, attending the University of Oregon. So this question is, is perfect for you here. And of course, Justin Herbert has gotten off to a great start and is coming into Sunday's game with a whole lot of buzz. Uh, so, you know, what are your personal thoughts on how he's looked thus far? He's been very impressive. Yeah, to be honest, he's been probably one of the best rookies in the league so far over these past four games that he started. And not only that, he's giving uh, Joe Burrow a run for his money for offensive rookie of the year. And his stats show he's had over – um, three games with over 300 passing yards. He's every single game he's played in, he's only lost by uh, seven points or less. And you see, like, the only times where he doesn't look good is when he makes those rookie mistakes. And otherwise, in that, he looks like one of the best guys out there. He's a gunslinger by nature. 
and he's also mobile too. He can run the ball. Like he's six six. He's the perfect quarterback for any team. The Chargers love him. He's been doing great with the receivers with Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. It's just been great to see how he's progressed over these four games, and I can't wait to see what he does this week. Yeah, I mean, heading into the draft process, he was one of the more intriguing guys, and um, you know, I wasn't one hundred percent sure on, on what he would look like. But you know, when I did a little bit of a deep dive into him, you know, I didn't even know he was from the area. He came in as like the sixth string quarterback and worked his way up to you know one of the top picks in the draft, and like. How can you not love a story like that, right, Jay? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, well, us being Jaguars fans, we, we're always down for the ultimate underdog story, especially, you know, with how Minshew came up. Um, and it's been other several other players. Um, I mean, like, we're like the undrafted capital of the world when it comes to getting undrafted players. So we know all about underdogs and whatnot on this end. So I guess, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and take the next question, which was on uh, Gus Bradley. Uh, because as we all know, Gus Bradley was our former coach who uh, was here up until what was it four years ago, and then of course they moved on to Doug Marone, who actually brought uh, who uh, Gus Bradley actually brought into uh, the equation here. But another name tied with those guys is uh, Todd Wash, a former assistant of Gus Bradley, also somebody who worked with Gus Bradley with the Seattle Seahawks. So with that being the case. Uh, there's been some struggles here in Jacksonville, Izzy, with uh, with the Seahawks scheme and whatnot. Um, I want to know, have y'all shared that over there in terms of the struggles and whatnot? And, um, you know, like, is at this point, are y'all, like, over Gus Bradley, like the Jacksonville Jaguars fan base is over Todd Washington, <laughs> the, the scheme over here? Yeah, I know. Actually, Chargers fans, we, we love Gus Bradley because the, the Chargers defense ever since he's come over, it's improved greatly, and the only reason why they've really been struggling over the past few years is just mainly injuries. Like you, you, we have safeties that can't keep healthy, corners that can't keep healthy, and then you look at Bosa, who's been injury prone. Like he doesn't play a full season, has to play the full season yet. And if the Chargers defense is completely healthy, you're gonna see one of the best defenses in the league now. You saw that in Week One when they played against. The, the Bengals, how they pulled off that win with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, even though um, nothing was going on offense, but the defense kept them in the game. But now with injuries, guys going down and all of that, um, we it's been really a struggle to do well against these pass start teams like the Bucks, the Saints, the, those type of teams where they have quarterbacks that have been staples of the game for years now. And you look at a defense who's depleted, and they're like, well, it's easy pickings for us. But once we get Desmond King back, once we get all our corners and DBs back, uh, it should look like that Seattle defense a little bit, but not not at the point where it was with the Legion of Boom. Right, right. Yeah, you guys do have some ballers over there. And now that you mention it, yeah, it's kind of been a struggle to stay healthy. Derwin James, of course, we know about him coming from Florida State. And, uh, you know, as a big-time friend of Jalen Ramsey when he was here. Um, and like you Ooh. said, Desmond King is actually <laughs> – yeah, that's a name that people don't like to hear around here. But Desmond King is another name that um, is kind of underrated at the safety position. Makes sense. You guys still have Casey Hayward too, right, correct, who is like a top, what, six corner. So, you know, you guys got to definitely have the – the uh, defensive backs to make that scheme flourish. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
But yeah, I see where you're coming from. You know, health would be a big concern. And if you don't have your guys healthy, especially up front, it makes things a lot uh, more difficult. So um, I'm going to let Phil take the next question. Just as kind of a really quick before we get into that here is, do you know anything about, for some reason, I kept seeing Desmond King's name pop up in certain Twitter circles about being on the block. Is that something that's going on? Honestly, it, it, there's been rumors about that, yeah, about him being on the block, but I don't think it's going to happen just because he means so much to this Chargers defense. And I wonder, like, what are they going to get back for him? Is it going to be either draft picks or they're looking for a specific player in which I don't really know if the Chargers are going to look for uh, a receiver to bring in because we already have Allen, we have um, uh, Mike Williams and some really good rookies. And then you look uh, at our running backs, Eckler, who, who just got hurt, he's been put on the IR, might not come back till later in the season. And we still have Josh Kelly and uh, Jackson too. So honestly, I, yeah, I don't, really really those rumors at all because it really doesn't make sense for us to trade him right yeah that's what i was thinking too i I kept seeing his name pop up and i i just didn't understand why especially just like you mentioned a defense that's kind of reeling in terms of injury wise it just it was kind of strange but you know just to kind of uh, tack on to what jay just asked you know are there any concerns that you have in terms of the charges either on offense or defense that you think that the jaguars could possibly exploit the one Part of the Chargers offense that the Jacks can exploit is our is the run game. Because now that Eckler's out, you have Kelly taking most of the reps, and he's not a back like Eckler. He's a power back. He's a guy that will get you that first down in three, three and one, three and two situation, who will punch it in at the goal line. He's not really an every down back. And with Justin Jackson, too, you don't really he hasn't really gotten that much playing time and we'll see how many more reps he does get this game. But that's one part where the Jags can really affect the chargers. If they stuff Kelly early and make the chargers go air raid completely, then it'll make this chargers offense look very one dimensional. And then you look at the flip side of it with Gardner Minshew. Uh, he can do some damage uh, throwing this week, to be honest, because our, our DBs, They've they've been pretty good, but they've also been getting cooked by every team. So um, that's going to be a couple parts where the Jackson get in some big plays. Real quick, I'm going to say this um, because we've done this the last few weeks. Uh, fantasy alert, folks. <laughs> Izzy just gave you a lot of information in that blurb right there. And uh, from what I gathered from that, you probably want to start Joshua Kelly. And uh, because the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> struggled against the run, Avery Jones just went on IR. That's our nose tackle, Izzy, by the way. He just went on IR today. And, uh, yeah, Josh, uh, Devon Hamilton, should I say, uh, is struggling at the moment. He hasn't played all that well. He was a guy I was high on, and I think he just has to find his way in the league, but he hasn't played all that well. So uh, Joshua Kelly, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the young man from UCLA that um, I remember from – Two years ago, he was drafted, I believe, or last year. Um, but Joshua Kelly could have a good game against us. So there's some fantasy advice for today. Here's <laughs> what you can take back is to any Chargers fan. So, again, like Jay said, we've been doing this the last couple of weeks. And the host of the show will always be like, well, the Jags need to definitely exploit this. And then they do the opposite of what, <laughs> what that is. So if you say that we should exploit the run, Gardner Minshew is going to throw the ball 50 times. So that's probably what's going to happen. So, uh, but Jay, if you want to get into the next one. 
So, yeah, um, Izzy, my question is, um, who are some under-the-radar names that we may not know about? You've mentioned, uh, like I said, well, I've kind of alluded that Joshua Kelly could be that guy, but you've mentioned guys uh, like Mike Williams, who I don't think deserve, uh, gets a lot of credit for what he's done for them. Um, Allen as well. Keenan Allen doesn't get a lot of credit for what he's done, to be honest with you, in my opinion. But is there some under-the-radar guys that aren't? Um, of that high tier, should I say, that uh, we should watch out for on defense and offense? Yeah, offensively, the Chargers have this one receiver who's come off the practice squad, I think it was like three weeks ago. And immediately his first game, he got like a 50 or 70 yard touchdown from Herbert. And since then, he's gone, I think, at least one touchdown a game. And they're not just like these 20 yard, 10 yard plays like they're they're bombs. They're like 70 yard touchdowns, 50 yard touchdowns. So Jalen Guyton, who's uh, our one of our undrafted rookies, look out for, for him to do some damage too because uh, Herbert, they had some chemistry. And with Allen being um, questionable, I don't know if he's going to play this week. I know coming off that bye week, it really helped. But um, I don't know how well he's going to be doing this week with everything. Look for Jalen Guy, and he might not get a lot of throws, but when he does get the ball, he makes those – big plays. I don't know. It's It seems like he just finds the defensive breakdowns whenever he's doing a post route or just a go route. And Herbert's like, oh, there's a guy down open field. Let me get a touchdown real quick. Him on offense. And then defensively, one of our safeties, Nasir Adderley, he's been talked about a little, but I don't really think he's been really made, been like made a big deal about. He's made some really good plays for us. It's not just in the pass game, but also in the run game, too. He's made some really good tackles. So look out for those two guys on the offense and defense. Note to self for DraftKings lineup. Start Jalen <laughs> Guyton. Okay. Again, we're giving people out free fantasy information here that can win you some money there. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to come for our fee, though, if that happens, though, if people are going to yeah. money. And now that I mentioned DraftKings, they might hit us up and say they want to sponsor us. But, um, you know, this Guyton kid sounds a lot like Keelan Cole. You know, when you the moment you started describing who he was, I was like, that's definitely Keelan Cole, a guy that's going to get a lot of yards on post, um, deep streaks, whatever the case may be, a guy that does know how to exploit defenses, a guy that, like you said, has a great chemistry with Herbert. In Cole's case, he has a great, a great chemistry with Gardner Minshew. So, uh, yeah, I guess we could treat him as the equivalent of Keelan Cole. And, uh, yeah, he very well could have a good game when looking at how our secondary has fared, you know, aside from C.J. Henderson, um, the other corners. Uh, actually, Sidney Rice has been good, too, since he's entered the lineup. So, yeah, Sidney Jones. I don't know why I said Rice. Um, but, yeah, he's been pretty good, too. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup now that I think about it. Also, just so you guys know, for more fantasy advice, the Jags are one of eight teams this year that have already allowed 1,000 total receiving yards to opposing receivers. So uh, that, again, fares well for not only Justin Herbert, but also Jalen Guyton and whoever else. Um, but I'll just ask this really quick follow-up question here um, that we love to ask our, our guests whenever they come on. Is there anybody looking at the Jaguars roster? And I know not everybody is going to be super well-versed in the team, which is totally fine. But is there anybody that stands out on our team that you would like to pluck from the Jaguars roster and place in the Chargers? Yeah, uh, you guys mentioned it. Keelan Cole. I mean, Herbert would have loved to have Keelan Cole on his team just because if you have Jalen Guy and Keelan Cole with Keen Allen, Hunter Henry – that's a that's a deadly offensive 
threat right there for Herbert against the rest, the rest of the league. So definitely Keelan Cole. Um, I think Chargers fans would love to have him on the team. This is why this is my favorite question to ask every week, Jay, because each week we've gotten such a great answer. And also and Keelan Cole, again, not a guy that a lot of people know about. Don't tell anybody, is he? But the guy's a free agent next year and we want to keep him. So I was but, just thinking know. about it. I was like, look, why Keelan Cole end up with the Chargers next year? <laughs> I mean, it's, they need they need to pay the guy. And, you know, Jay, you and I talk about that extensively. And our worry is that, you know, he's he's obviously having a great year. Um, that someone, you know, who's having more success is going to pluck them off the roster. So that's a good answer. I actually got a one that I want to add on to this, actually, before we wrap it up. And it's about Anthony Lynn, because I'm a fan of Anthony Lynn. Um, I want to know, like, you know, if you had to gauge it from just what you've seen and what you've heard and read, uh, how do you feel about his timeline in uh, L.A.? Because I feel like he deserves another year for the simple fact that Herbert's a rookie quarterback. And, you know, when you insert a rookie quarterback, that should buy the other, you know, that should buy his coach some more time, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, just real quick, if you would speak on that, because uh, I am a big Anthony Lynn fan and I want to see him actually do good over there. Yeah, Chargers fans, um, they get really frustrated with him just because, especially this season, what's happened and transpired between these first five, six weeks. But, Honestly, I think he has to keep his job until at least next season because this year it's kind of a throw year away. You're already one and four. And to be honest, the Chargers are probably the best one and four team I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I mean, if you're looking at the stats, they should probably be around four and one instead because that Panthers game, they just look atrocious in that game compared to that Bucks, that Saints those other two games where they were in it, that Chiefs game especially, they were in it to the end and they're just they the Chargers they choked the lead and that's probably one of the reasons why Lynn um I don't know he might get fired this year because if you look at those four games, it wasn't only because on defensively they gave up so many points. It's because on offense, if you see it in the second half, every game, the play calling got so conservative. Because you look at, in the first half, how many deep threats or bombs that Herbert was throwing. And you look at the second half, how much they were running it or throwing these dink and dunk passes. It, it makes you question, why aren't you going for the kill instead of trying like just to keep the lead? You want to increase it. So I, I honestly, I don't know. I think he should get another year. But if the Chargers keep on blowing these kind of leads and if they don't win soon... Um, I don't think he'll have a job in L.A. after this season. Well, I'll say this um, because we went through similar stages in 2017. It sounds like in a nutshell, what you're trying to say is, you know, it sounds like not necessarily the players, but maybe the players, but more so on a grander scale. The coaches are learning how to win. They or they they are trying to learn how to win. And when you've lost so much, that's a hard trait to uh, to acquire. Because you're playing from behind so many times. And, you know, like you just you – know, everybody don't wake up and have the cutthroat mentality of Bill Belichick. It's not that easy. And for Anthony Lynn, that being said, you know, he's a coach that's been there, what, three years? You know, he's still relatively a new young coach when you look at it in a coaching perspective, uh, from a coaching perspective. And I don't know um, – I forget their offensive coordinator's name. But he's a guy that, if I recall from my research – you know, he was a guy that was like not too long ago, like a quality controls coach guy. So he's still a relatively young offensive coordinator, too. 
And typically that's what you see, you know, and then you throw in a rookie quarterback into that mix and that, that even uh, messes up the equation even more. So I think that's probably what they're dealing with. And they'll probably eventually, hopefully, you know, as you know, November comes and December comes, they develop that trait and, you know, he can stick around, but it's a time will tell type of thing. Well, I mean, listen, that, I agree. I definitely think you should get a little bit more time as well. But just looking at the four of the next five games, definitely winnable. Of course, we have the Jags this week. Then you go to the then uh, the Broncos. Uh, the Raiders, of course, are playing very well, uh, which we you know it's kind of surprising. But then after that, but though after that though, you have Dolphins and Jets. So four of these next five games appear to be pretty winnable. And when you have a quarterback that's you know has all this confidence in the world, we saw it just last year, Jay, when Gardner Minshew has all this confidence, and then you rattle off some wins. So I think there's an opportunity here. Uh, this is a good stretch for them to learn just what you guys are talking about right there, learning how to win. But we'll transition here into the last question uh, for you is, and, and really it's just straightforward. You know, what do you think is going to be the final score to the game and, and who wins, of course? Yeah, I wanted to say 24-17 Chargers, but I, I don't know. I don't see the Jags getting two touchdowns. I, I see the score being more like 24-13 where they have, two good drives but the Chargers defense stops them in the red zone and forces them to kick some field goals so yeah 24-13 Chargers for the second one of the season you know what it's funny um when you spoke on the last question about Anthony Lynn staying around the crazy thing about it is I could see this game actually I mean and I'm not saying this is going to be the case but I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Herbert has like his best game against this defense and like puts up 32 points against this Doug Marone offense simply for the fact that the fan base is asking for that. That's what they want because they want, you know, they want to see the end of Doug Marone basically from their perspective. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that actually happened. I don't know if shotgun fires him in the middle of the season because that's just not what shotgun does. He kind of waits more. If he's going to do it, it feels like it'll be more like November or December. Uh, but, you know, we are starting to feel like, you know, not that we've heard anything about this, but if the Jaguars get blowed out again because of the way they are losing, that it is a possibility that they could fire Doug Marone uh, sooner rather than later. But again, it's a time will tell thing. But I could see or um, not Oregon, but um, the Chargers putting up a lot. of. I don't know. Oregon might be the Jaguars. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you never know. You never yeah, know. Or, yeah. Oregon, they have a whole new offensive line and new quarterback. So I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like when you were talking about it is as far as the Chargers losses, they're totally different from the Jags losses, right? Because the Jags are getting blown out by the Dolphins and, and no win teams. Now, granted, we think Houston's a lot better than what they've shown thus far. Of course, they have Deshaun Watson. But yeah, like you said, taking the Chiefs to overtime, uh, beating the Bengals, who who beat us, of course. Um, the Panthers game is probably an anomaly. Like you said, they just didn't look good for whatever reason. But then you play the Bucks, who, of course, are the Bucks, and then the Saints, who, of course, are, you know, who they are. And th these are these are not, even though, of course, there's no such thing as, you know, a, um, a good loss, really, in the NFL. These are not necessarily bad losses because they played very well. So I can definitely understand that Chargers fans would be, would be very frustrated, but uh, listen, the, if, if we, we say this pretty much every single week, if your quarterback is struggling, the best way to remedy that is to play the Jaguars. And that's what we're going to do. We're heading in to this shiny new stadium, uh, SoFi Stadium. Shout out to SoFi, by the way, my new full-time employer. <laughs> if you want to know more about SoFi, reach out to me. Um, but yeah, is that that's great. You know, we're, we're very much looking forward to the game. Of course, the Jags also 
just don't travel very well. I mean, when they were in San Diego, they just didn't play the team very tough. Um, so, um, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting for sure. But Jay, uh, we're going to let Iz get out of here in a second and also be able to plug all of his shows and any social media he'd like. But is there anything else you'd like to ask him before we get out of here? No, no, I pretty much agree with you. As, um, like you said, man, the Jaguars are known to give out some wins, and I feel like this is going to be the case this week. So, um, is we're gonna congratulate you on your win real quick. We got plug your handles and whatnot. Yeah, uh, you guys can find my social media at Israel Larue, probably on Twitter, Israel underscore Larue. And I also uh, make sure to catch because um, these guys are gonna be on Believe in the Chargers podcast tomorrow. So make sure to catch that one. And then I also have my own podcast called What's the Scuttlebutt? Uh, so check that out too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We'll make sure to link all of that stuff in the show notes, and we're looking forward to joining you tomorrow. But is we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for, for coming on. We appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Great stuff there from his shout out to him for coming on. And again, as Jay mentioned, well, by the time this episode comes out, we're actually joining them today since this episode should come out on a Friday. Very much looking forward to speaking with them about the game. Uh, Jay, we're pretty much going to wrap up this episode here momentarily. We just want to talk about our predictions. You know, we covered a lot of it there, what our concerns are going to be. Um, which we were discussing with is. And so, you know, looking at this matchup, of course, historically, the Jags do not travel very well out to the West Coast. And then, of course, tack on to that, we're playing the Chargers, which even though Phillip Rivers isn't there, a team that we have struggled mightily against. And, you know, it's going to be this brand new stadium. Uh, of course, Justin Herbert's going to be very eager to get his first victory after, you know, a few straight weeks of disappointment so when you look at the uh the tape and you know how these things uh, how these two teams match up how do you see the game going here this weekend yeah i told is you know i wouldn't be surprised if it's a blowout because the jacksonville jaguars have a tendency to be blown out by teams that they shouldn't uh but at the same time um you know if we're looking at this and basing it off of how the Chargers have played one thing i have noticed about the Chargers is they play to their competition you look at some of these scores that they have in the past. The one game that they did win, 13 to uh, 16 to 13 to the Bengals, uh, went toe to toe with the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs did win that game, 20 to 23, uh, the Panthers game, the Panthers won 21 16. So you know that's kind of been a pattern for them is to play to the level of their competition. So for the Jaguars fans, hoping for a blowout. Uh, because, you know, for their personal reasons of one Doug Marone going and one shot kind of come to a decision quicker uh, than he would, uh, that might not happen uh, just based off of what I've seen on the schedule. So I'm going to go with a close game again. Um, last time I went with a close game, it ended up being a blowout. That was last week, so <laughs> you never know. But I'll go with another close game here, and I will put the charges at, I'll say, 21-17, something like that. Yeah, I see it a little differently, Jay. I mean, Justin Herbert's been slinging the ball, just as is mentioned there, you know, playing very well against two solid teams in the Saints and the Buccaneers. Now, we just saw the Bucs last week, I believe it was, um, as far as their defense, just, you know, go to town on Aaron Rodgers and, and the Green Bay Packers. Now, some people are debating, are really the Bucs that good or the Packers maybe not as good as we thought they were? But regardless, it's still Aaron Rodgers. And just the way that I've seen Gardner Minshew struggle and how his receivers are just getting frustrated, you know, 
Um, I don't know, man. I got a bad feeling about this game. I, not a huge blowout, but I'm still going to take the Chargers. And I, I definitely think they're going to at least get that 30 points again, which the Jags have given up consistently throughout the entire year. So I'm going to go Chargers 30, Jaguars 17. Again, not a huge blowout, but um, I definitely don't think it's going to be very close. Yeah, I could see that. You know, I can I can see that, and I can certainly understand it when looking at how Gardner has played and how the offense has regressed in general week after week. Uh, so yeah, I, I can see that going down. Um, but again, it's a time will tell thing. Um, and I'm just I guess I'm just being safe with it because of how the Chargers just play to their competition. Uh, but you know, at the same time, like you said, they've hit uh, you know, they've allowed 30 points multiple times this year. And don't be surprised if it's against a kid with a hot hand uh that played over there in Eugene, Oregon. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. Well, of course, they're going to be playing at beautiful new SoFi Stadium, which SoFi members have, have access to the SoFi Lounge once the stadium does open up. <laughs> shout out to SoFi. Listen, guys, they're helping fund this podcast, at least on my end as well. So I'm, I'm going to shout them. Actually, you know what? Yeah, we need to reach out to them for, for some other stuff. Anyway, Jay, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode and uh, you know head into the weekend. And uh, of course, again, look for us over on Believe in the Chargers with, uh, with Izzy and Lorenzo Neal. Looking very much forward to that. Jay, is there anything else you want to let people know before we get out of here in terms of what they can look forward to on the podcast as well as the Jaguars wire. Yeah, I mean, we will be doing the podcast if we as we already alluded to on their end, joining them. I'll probably reach out to the Chargers wire and uh, do behind enemy lines again in the written form as well. So uh, you'll be able to see that written on in the written form a question exchange between me and them and um, I also probably put this podcast up on there you know we'll look at some of the strengths and weaknesses of the Chargers team um, you know some keys to victory so on and so forth you know your typical stuff to lead you into Sunday's game which uh, could be very entertaining and a close one based off of what I said or it could be uh, a little ugly and get a little sloppy as Phil kind of alluded to so um, I guess we'll just have to wait until Sunday to see Absolutely, guys. So be on the lookout for all of that. I do also want to let people know uh, over on the Wait For It podcast, which is my other show, uh, I've already had one uh, Halloween themed episode. I'll have another one coming out here soon. And also for any of you that are fans of Parks and Recreation, uh, for those of you that are, you know, that know that show inside and out. Like I do, I had Kelly Washington on, who, of course, played little Leslie Nope. You guys may know her as Allison Glifford. I'm actually going to have her on. Well, I have an interview that I was able to record with her that will be premiering next month. So be on the lookout for that over on the Wait For It podcast. But with that being said, you guys, again, just as a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five-star review, as well as subscribing and following on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in. You can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcast. You can tweet the show at believe in Jags pod. You can find me at Phil the Filipino F I L I P I N O. And Jay is over at sports grind underscore Don. So you guys be safe, wear your mask, go out and vote. There's a lot of early voting going on right now. You know what I mean? So take care of that. If you're able to, this has been believe in the Jaguars right here on the believe podcast network. We believe do you, we'll see you next time guys.